right, welcome back to another episode of the Fast Break Clip NBA podcast. It's your boy Samuel here. I got with me my guy Sway, aka Ryan, aka Sway, reporting live. Say what's up to the people. What's up, what's up, what's up? Back again. Nice to be here. Fast Break Layup, still one of the better podcasts out. It's an honor to be here. Let's get in tune with it. All right, so let's let's just get right into the Actually, let's let's get into some some minor transactions that have happened over like the last couple of weeks. So, you know, NBA is we're in the dog days of the NBA offseason. Not much is going on. You know, just minor moves being made here and there. A couple signings, couple a trade happened or a couple of trades happened. Facts. So, so let's let's get into those um one of the trades I didn't get to cover on this podcast since the last time I was recording, um, the Lowry marketing signing trade to the Cleveland Cavaliers. So the Cavs got Lowry marketing. The Bulls got draft consideration as well as um, Derek Jones Jr. And the Portland Trailblazers received Larry Nance Jr. Huh. So for me, going down the line, I like this. I like this trade for both Chicago and Portland. I don't like this trade for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I just don't understand what they're doing with their front court. They just drafted a possibly generational center. They extended their other center um, for like five years. Yeah, Jared Allen for a hundred million. So it's like, what are you doing picking up another body that you about to pay like what is it like sixty seven million for, mm-hmm. to be like basically a bench player? Uh, I don't know. I'm just not vibing with that. Um, I like Chicago. I like Chicago in this trade because they picked up some draft compensation and Derek Jones Jr. can be a rotation player for them. And for Portland, Larry Nance Jr., that's a very, very underrated pickup. A lot of people who didn't watch Cavaliers basketball wouldn't know that Larry Nance Jr. is probably one of their best players last year. Very good defensively, um, able to do things on offense as well as like playmaking, stuff like that. So. He, I feel like he's really going to have a chance to really show his his skills in depth in Portland because more people have more eyes over there. So, you know, they'll be able to see what Larry Nance really could do. Um. So, yeah, how how you feel? How you felt about this trade? Well, uh, in terms of Chicago's side with Laurie Markin, and um, he was part of the young core for a few years now. But I'm assuming once they picked up Vucevic last season during the trade deadline, if I'm correct, that's when they kind of started to move on with, of, of course, his injury, uh, his injury history. But um, like you said, Cleveland, it's weird because now they have how many centers and how many forwards and um, they do have guard play there. But it's like your team isn't balanced. Yeah, they, they, they don't got no, they don't got no, no, that much wings. Yeah, like I can't name a wing on the squad besides what was traded last year during the trade deadline with Jared Allen. I think Terry and. Uh, Tayshawn, I said Tayshawn, uh, Terry and Prince, um, but I don't even know if he's still on that roster. Whatever is going they on got, in Cleveland. Um, Coral from the draft last year. Ah, that's, okay. That's the wing that I know the most about. Other than that, I don't really know who else is in their wing rotation. Yeah, so it's like, honestly, the Cleveland organization is kind of, I'm not going to say frying me, but they're kind of, they, they throwing me off in the sense of what are you doing? Um, Chicago is Chicago, like I said. Uh, in terms of Larry Nance, Larry Nance is a good role player. I don't know what you really see with that Portland, with that Portland move, because of course it's very sensitive over there with Chauncey Billups being a new coach and, and Damian Lillard waiting on the organization to provide them or him with enough pieces. But I mean, Portland was lacking an athletic big, so I see where you see like it adds to them, but I don't know how much of an impact Larry Nance is going to be for Portland in the long run. I think run defensively is where his impact is going to be the most because, you know, Portland's one of them teams that struggled defensively throughout the years, especially last year. They were like, I think, like they were one of the worst teams in NBA history defensively. True. Bottom 29, year. bottom 30 all the time. But yeah, I don't so know. I think Larry Nance helps them there a little bit. Um, I don't know if he's going to make that much of a difference, but he does help. It's better to have that much better defenders than than none. So True. I'll give him that. And also, I mean, I think they yeah, they gave up draft compensation, but I mean, if you want to get Dame to stay, you got to go all excuse me, you got to go all in in on these moves sometimes. So 
you know. Uh, yeah, and I, I just don't know if this move is gonna be that. It's gonna be it's gonna be hard for for Portland to even get the get what Dame wants because salary cap and what's available and what yeah. they have is just not gonna work. So this trade for me and all this three team trade was just so uh, Chicago could make some room for. Uh, make some cap space for what they brought in during free agency. That's what I looked at it as. Anything else besides Chicago making space and adding other players? Cleveland is Cleveland. Portland is in in limbo right now. They don't know if they want to be a legit contender or just rebuild entirely with their new coach. Yeah. I think once the Dame, whatever happens with the Dame situation happens, then I think that's when we'll finally like understand what's going to be happening there. Yeah. Um, speaking of Portland, they did, um, I believe Dennis Smith Jr. is supposed to be signing there for a, a spot to, 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 to fight in training camp. So <laughs> we'll see what happens there. If he, if he does end up sticking, he will end up probably being the backup point guard, which is kind of bad for Portland if he's playing backup point guard minutes, but I don't know if it'll touch the court if he's getting a non-guaranteed deal anyway, so... Yeah, he's just fighting to be on the roster spot at this point. I believe he I believe he does deserve to be on the team. Um, but his history has not provided, you know, it hasn't backed that up. Yeah. Um also speaking of Portland, they also signed um Marquise Chris to a non guaranteed deal. He was starting to come into his own in Golden State um the last couple of years, but then he broke his leg and they had to cut him. So we really didn't get to see Marquise Chris perform at a high level on a on a good team. So far, we've seen him on a, a a lot of bad teams perform. Definitely, but it's gonna be interesting to see if he can also earn his way a spot on to um onto to the to, to the Blazers roster because I feel like he would help their front court depth a lot. So yeah, so, um, Portland's 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 trying. I, I'll say that they're trying. They're trying to add things <laughs> on the on the margins. It's it's not the big. The, it's not the biggest splashiest names. Yeah, or whatever, it's the little but, things know. they're trying to do. Yeah, they're trying to do something. So, so it, the other trade that happened, um, during the, these last couple of weeks in the off season, is um, DeAndre Jordan got traded to the. Pistons, Detroit Pistons, who will waive him, yeah, and they will, that. and he will sign with the Los Angeles Lakers. So that's <laughs> that's interesting. Eh, I mean, I don't look at it as something that matters. He's <laughs> there. Because all right, so since we're on the topic of the Lakers, uh, do you mm-hmm. want to go into their other acquisitions, or do you want me to just talk about their? We could, we could, we talk, we could talk about. This move for now, and then if you want to get into, yeah. so, I mean, in, in reference to DeAndre Jordan, um, he's you saw what happened last year. He with uh with the Nets, like he was there. We thought he would be at least a starting role for them. Jared Allen took over that role and then got traded. And even after that, he lost minutes to Nicholas Claxton. So at this point, I don't know if DeAndre Jordan is at this point in his career where he will be playing valuable minutes anymore. Um, he can find it on his team as the rotations fluctuate all throughout the season. But uh, he's, as currently constructed, he's like third big man on the roster. He might get second big man minutes, but I don't see them going that deep at that position to rely on DeAndre Jordan. He's He will have his nice little uh, moments because at the same time, he's a veteran and he does know the game at the big man spot. So it's just a low risk, high reward type of thing with him. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in the camp that I I think DeAndre Jordan is beyond cooked. Like <laughs> I've been I've been saying for a while now that he's been cooked, but you know, the the super friends in Brooklyn made sure to keep that 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 dream alive for him that he's still a valuable yeah, bro, like NBA he, player. He's but, on the roster at these points. <laughs> but yeah, he he he's not good. My my re, my my thinking for why the Lakers have signed all these big men, bringing back Dwight, having Gasol, having DeAndre Jordan is because Anthony Davis don't want to play center. Everyone True. convinced themselves that, oh, since Westbrook here, AD is going to play the five to space the floor. And I'm like, no, he's not because that's just not Anthony Davis body. Like, that's not his body at all. Like, he don't want to play center. He don't want to play physical. 
He wants to still be out there on the perimeter and stuff, playing like a guard. He thinks he's a he thinks he's a big guard. I mean, he but, he started his basketball career as a guard, and then he yeah shot yeah. Him. So I feel him on that, but like you you basically a five now, my guy. Like, and you just got to yeah, accept right. that. I know your body your body can't handle it because you're fragile, but like something's got to give. You can't keep and 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 the Lakers will keep accommodating him. So it's like, I mean, you kind of have no choice because yeah. we with his injury history. Even though you want him to be the guy that bangs with the big guys and all that stuff, but he can't. I mean, just look at his body frame. His body frame isn't the sturdiest. It's like a mixture of both lean but muscular, if you if you get what I'm trying to say. So yeah. he's he's a finesse big man that can sometimes get physical and then other times cross you over and Euro step you to the lane. So it's just it it's, it comes with it. So at this point, they have to accommodate it. They want a championship with with him hiding defense i wouldn't say hiding but more so hiding like basically ensuring his health at the four spot so they're trying to go back to that and i don't see i don't see it as a problem once you embrace your weaknesses and you adapt to those things some people want to want to hide from it and just be like okay yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna try to show the world this we already saw what happened when ad tried to show the world he's a tough guy he doesn't have to really prove that it's just let your game do the talking. So they got a big man, an insurance big man. So that's that's all it is. Just keep it, keep it sturdy, keep it, keep the plan. We know what the plan is. You play this position. Sometimes you play the other one, and we'll go from there. Mismatch. Yeah. So that's that's why that's why I see the Lakers doing all these moves. Um on the other side for the Pistons, I mean, not for the Pistons, they really didn't get anything but like a couple, uh, like four second round picks. Yeah, I guess. Considerations and all that good stuff. I guess that's okay for them. They did give up um, one of their younger prospects in Sekou Demboya, but yeah, he, hasn't really, I, he hasn't really turned out for them. So I guess they were willing to I give had up high on him for him. But um, Detroit is, Detroit, their plan is set. Their future is set with the first overall pick. So. They they know what they are trying to do at this point. They're clearing clearing cap. Wow, they're clearing cap space and getting rid of players that they don't think is going to be a part of their culture for the next three to four years. Yeah. Um. And for for the Nets, I mean, they created about like they 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 cleared out forty seven um million that they would have probably had to pay um. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Jordan and stuff. So, you know, that that helps clear their books a little bit. Um, they were able to bring back LaMarcus Aldridge, who is cleared to return to play. Um, I, 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 I'm still not the biggest fan of Brooklyn's front court depth still. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm still also, not feeling it. They they uh along with Aldridge, they added um what's his name? Millsap. Of, uh, yeah, they added Millsap. Honestly, my take on those two. Aldridge is, we already know what Aldridge, I don't really think we need to talk about Aldridge too much. It's all about, at this point in his career, if he can be healthy enough to play basketball. Because we saw in those little couple games what he can do offensively as a spark off the bench. But that's nothing but that. That's all it is. That's all it's going to be with Lamarcus Aldridge, a spark. We're not going to see him take over games like that. Um, But in terms of Paul Millsap now, I have definitely been an advocate that um, he's soft. He doesn't really – that's not somebody you can consistently count on, right? Uh, we've seen what he's done in the Eastern Conference with the Hawks and how playoff times he folds in certain situations. We saw what happened with Denver. He had a couple of good games in these couple of years, but in terms of crunch minutes, he didn't highly perform, perform highly. So I just look at this as some people like I, I had posted this on Facebook, like like he's just this is not it for Brooklyn. Like I see what you're trying to do. It would make sense if all the cards align, but this isn't this isn't it. Just because he doesn't, I don't think that's the right guy you bring in at the four spot. Somebody that is a liability defensively. You're already liable. You already have liable defenders on the defensive end. Offensively, he can catch. He can catch and shoot. He can post up, but. I don't see that working with the type of players they have besides the pick and pop situation. But I don't like I don't think he's a clutch player down the stretch. The the, the Nets are gonna need players off the bench that 
can get the job done. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Because we saw what happened last last playoffs. When one or two people go down, who are the next guys to step up? And yeah, they were a toe away from the from the from the from the Eastern Conference Finals and all that stuff. But it's I I don't see Paul Millsap as a needle changer for them. Yeah, we all expect Brooklyn healthy to be in the finals, win a championship, possibly. But I don't see Paul Millsap as an X factor guy when you look at the the bottom half of the roster. Yeah, Paul Millsap. When I was watching him in Denver these last couple of years, especially last year, he kind of like I don't know. He looked, he just looked out of it. Like he just looked like he didn't belong. I don't know Brooklyn. He's probably gonna have the same role he had in Denver, probably even less to uh-huh. a lesser extent. But um, it just it just all depends on how they distribute those those front court minutes between Paul Millsap, Blake Griffin, Marcus Aldridge, um, Claxton, all those guys. So you know. They have to – it depends on how they I, – I still don't like it because I feel like defensively it's still lacking against guys like um, Embiid or Giannis. Like Giannis mm-hmm. – we saw Giannis. When Giannis actually stops shooting the threes and he gets busy in the paint, he could do whatever he wants. Over. So, exactly. So Paul Millsap is not – is not he's not he's not he's not helping he's not he's helping not that in front of that man it's, it's not happening he won't take a charge he'll get dunked on stuff like that you feel me so yeah i'm not i'm not an advocate for this move at all but i mean you know brooklyn they got they got limited um assets got limited um cap space they're gonna they're gonna get all the ring chasers all the old vets that yeah top heavy so what happens so, yeah and then that's what is it that the word you said top heavy so when when they get when they get one or two when they get like one guy even injured it matters so much more because mm-hmm. production wise they're top heavy and that's what happens when you go all in on these teams so but um out of this what else happened out of this out of this last couple of weeks in the nba transaction um Well, the Miami Heat picking up PJ Tucker and uh Oh yeah, that was from way early in free agency. Yeah, that was that was like first few days. Um I mean in terms of the Miami Heat as a quick one, I'm just looking at the uh the health of Victor Oladipo because even though they lost Goran Dragic, um I still believe the Heat can can can, can be a tough out and contend in the Eastern Conference. Uh mm-hmm. they, they looked real bad last playoffs, real, real bad. But um, with PJ Tucker, it adds to their culture that that they thrive on the gritty toughness, no back down type of thing. Um, and hopefully, Victor Oladipo can be healthy. Victor Oladipo and Jimmy Butler, combined with the young guys and Bam Adebayo and PJ Tucker, I believe can be scary. Uh, but of course, it's all about health and chemistry for them so that that was a good pickup it just has to pan out they're hoping pj's championship uh uh spice and uh, personality can uh, rub off on the rest of them there was a trade that happened just recently that i i wanted to just visit because i forgot what actually happened in that trade Okay, so yeah, four days ago it was Memphis. Memphis has made Memphis oh, Memphis made, has made a lot of meh trades this offseason. It's like they've just traded players just <laughs> to trade them, just like move things around. I don't I don't know why, but like um yeah. They, if you listen to my um my second offseason pod where mm-hmm. I talked about like my my favorite off seasons and the ones the off seasons I didn't like that much. Memphis was one of those teams where I just was not feeling their off season at all, just because I just I didn't understand what, what was the point of what they were doing. So Memphis they traded um Juancho Hernan Gomez, who they acquired in that trade, um the Pat Bev trade. Uh-huh. They traded him to Boston for Chris Dunn, Carson Edwards, and a 2026 second round pick. I like the move, I guess, for Boston because Carson Edwards, I really didn't think he was going to get much time, I guess, this year. Um, Chris Dunn, I thought he would have been a part of their rotation, but I guess not since he's going to be in Memphis. 
Um, but yeah, for for Boston, I like the move they get. Um, Hernan Gomez, he'll be able to space the floor, I guess, for them. Um, and the Grizzlies, I don't, I just don't know what they're doing because, like, if you take a look at their roster now, after all the moves they made, because they also ended up trading for Jarrett Culver earlier in and that. Yeah, they got Steven Adams. They just did a whole bunch of stuff I just don't understand because it's like they made their team worse. I mean, I wouldn't say worse because the players they did get, besides losing Valanchunas, I believe. Valanchunas is a big loss, yeah. too, because yeah, that's what I'm he saying. carried that's the their offense for a lot of the parts of last year. That's the only big loss I see. I, I probably felt like they should have kept Patrick Beverly, but I think there's like a little thing there where it can't work with him and the player so i guess that's why you traded that away too but in terms of what they lost they didn't really lose key contributors besides valentunas um and then like i think it's just more of the same like they're still at the level that they were before any trades that's how i'm looking at it um steven adams is a good big man is he an upgrade from valentunas offensively i don't think so because valentunas could do more with the basketball than Steven Adams, so there's that. But Steven Adams is a true center in terms of the defensive end. Can he get caught but up? He, uh, defensively, he's fallen off. Uh, I mean, he's I fallen guess. off. And I feel like for a team like from like Memphis with a guard like John Morant, you kind of mm-hmm. want the paint as open. wide open as you can. That's why Valanciunas was so key because he could like even if he wasn't spacing to the three point line, which he could do occasionally, he could like shoot it from like. 12 to 15, 12 to 16 foot range. So that helped them a lot. And just like, yeah, they didn't really like lose anyone that key, but like they didn't add anybody that like I'm looking and I see like that just like adds anything to their team because like they added a whole bunch of like kind of question marks. Like they traded into the top 10 to pick a prospect that probably would have been there even later. And a lot of people aren't really aren't really too sure on it. it might be a project mm-hmm. at, at at ten. With Williams, and as a yeah. team that's trying to get better for the playoffs, do you really take a project at ten? And then they traded um they traded for Chris Dunn, who's probably not going to play because they already have a whole bunch of guards ahead of him on the depth chart. And then they also traded for Jarrett Culver, who's been ass since he stepped into the NBA. So it's like. <laughs> For me, it's like they did they they didn't lose anyone significantly, but they did get worse somehow because like the players that they added, I just don't see them as like. Oh, and then I forgot earlier this offseason, they traded Grayson Allen for like basically a bag of chips. Like yeah, I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They lost Grayson Allen, but he wasn't he wasn't really getting that much playing time though, or at least his playing time I mean, didn't result in production. Like I like Grayson Allen, like I wanted him to get more playing time, but he wasn't really he didn't show it. Plus, he still had a couple of his antics going on, but yeah, he had a couple of his antics. But you know, he averaged like ten. He averaged like eleven points per game for them last year, shooting um, thir- basically forty percent from three. Mm-hmm. And you give that up to the defending champs for basically nothing. Real I talk, mean, that nothing facts, but I hey, that's why I believe they're they, they're just like there. Like they didn't get better per se, but they didn't really get that much worse. Because they they still they still have their like their key people besides Valentunas of course, and yeah. replacing Valentunas with Stephen Adams it's not a fair one but it's close enough to where you don't really fall off too much. But in terms of this offseason trades, you're supposed to get better as what you saw last season. You just became a little bubble playoff team playing team, so you gotta you know the, it has to be only up from here, and I don't see that happening at least this season. Of course, unless, the, the growth of the guards is a key thing, though. And unless Jaron Jackson stays healthy and is able to co- contribute at a that's high a level big this if, year, buddy, that's a big if. I'm not even going. Yeah, but that's it. what that's what they're banking on. So I mean, <laughs> it's got it's got to work out for them, or else this gamble looks bad. But um, all right, yeah, let's 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 get into the to the Ben Simmons of it all. Uh huh. So light skin. <laughs> so basically, it's kind of been like quiet for like Ben season. Ben Simmons, whoa, Ben Simmons trade talks 
rumors etc until like these last couple like last two to three weeks i guess you can say mm-hmm. and it's led to some for me on twitter at least it's led to some very interesting discourse i've about, been missing out on the twitter I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get back to it though <laughs> yeah the, there's some ben simmons discourse that's just been like it's, it's been it's been it's been pissing me off because it's like it's like people like the idea of ben simmons but like they don't look at what Ben Simmons really is and what he is in the playoffs, more to say. Uh. And like when when they discuss when people discuss Ben Simmons, the discourse becomes more about his potential rather than what he actually is. And that just like upsets me because it's like you can't talk about a player like this in terms of potential because like we've had all these years to see him grow. And he hasn't really added anything to his game like he's added nothing he's been the same player besides an updated defensive ability yeah but like other than that he's been like the same player basically three four years in a row whatever it is now at this point and it's just like something to have to has to give you know i'm not gonna say doc rivers and joel mb they were right to throw him under the bus after that playoff performance but it's like Something's got to give at this point. Like, I'm not saying they went about it the right way, but I'm saying, like, maybe that was the wake-up call that he needed. But, of course, Ben Simmons, he's a little bit on the Charmin side. So, you know, he kind of took that to um, – kind of took offense to that. I think I think they said he hasn't really been speaking to um, 76ers, like, personnel yeah. or anything. Mostly no this contact. Whole off season. Yeah, no contact. Or Rich Paul. <laughs> and, yeah, basically, Rich Paul – in him, they they want out. They want to go. I think think the preferences were the California teams. California, most of them really but, don't. Yeah, recently, most of them don't heard, really make sense. Yeah, so, none, of them, none of them. Yeah, but I also heard after the California team report, there was a report afterwards saying he'll just go anywhere at this point. He just don't want to be there in Philly. And if that's the route you want to take, that's a very slippery slope. But at the same time, that may allow his career to restart where a team can focus and rebuild around him or just build period around him because he's never had the team, at least in Philly, of course, it was always Joel's team. It was always built around Joel with the fact that, okay, we still got to think about Ben because when you look at the roster, this is more so for Joel Embiid, you have ball handlers, you have shooters. But you don't have players that would, how do I say it, space the floor. You have players that get to the mid-range, can handle the ball, get to the lane. And then, of course, the pick and roll, pick and pop with Joel Embiid. Any play, they have multiple players that can do that. There's not much players Ben could, per se, maneuver with and create space for himself. Of course, the assists are going to be there because he's just that gifted. But in terms of the trade, I don't see him, like, at this point, he, it'll, it might just be good for him to go to a team like, uh, I mean, Sacramento has their own point guard unless they decide to give away De'Aaron Fox and some things for that. But um, Sacramento is looking like the NBA's wasteland. But if Ben Simmons goes <laughs> there, like he he may be able to change that in terms of a team build around just him, depending on how the trades work out. But like when you look at all these squads in terms of a contender, I don't see that happening. Like, it's just over for that because what contender needs Ben Simmons? Maybe Brooklyn, if you want to go that far. But nah, Ben is just, I don't even know how to say to Ben. I just don't want to see the workout videos no more because all these workout videos is fake jump shots. Until I see that in the NBA game, then I can't, like, I'm a big fan of Ben Simmons, but I'm not a fan of how he's moving development wise yeah like like we said earlier you've only added uh a souped up defensive end like that's it like all you've done is get a little bit better defensively anything else is like we've seen flashed where you get 40 no jumpers like if you can get 40 no jumpers in a playoff game i feel like there's something mentally that you're not tapping into on a consistent basis yeah Like, it's hard. Like, I don't blame Joel Embiid or Doc Rivers for throwing him under the bus because they've supported him his whole career, at least Joel Embiid. And then when Doc Rivers got there, since he's gotten there, if you look at press conferences and stuff, 
he's supported him with no if ands or buts. It's just that one time when it's like, damn, bro, like you were supposed to be there for the team and you weren't. And most superstars are young stars that are trying to be superstars have that moment. So this is his. It's just all about the team he gets to because it just not every restart is a good restart for him. So, yeah. So, you know, there's no contender. If if the Cali teams, the Cali teams, when you look at it, it's like Golden State can take you, but Philadelphia is going to ask for a lot. And Golden State probably won't give a lot. So why would I do that? Then there's Sacramento. Like I said, I think that should happen in terms of restarts because Sacramento with their young core, it's not going in the right direction. It's it's slow. It's like it's very slow over there. So um, what's another California team? Um, Clippers and the Lakers. Clippers and the Lakers. The Lakers are not picking him up. They have no need for him. Clippers, maybe, when you think about it, they do need a point guard. But do you want a point guard that can't space the floor when you have other – like they have shooters there, though. Like it's interesting. Like it's interesting if you can go to the Clippers. But it's how much are you going to give up? just to get Ben Simmons. And then when you get there, not all the tools are there to accommodate Ben Simmons, even though it's Kawhi's team. So that's that. And yeah, like it's Ben, Ben is in a weird situation because he, the last thing we all remember is him giving up a wide open shot. Like it shouldn't be like that, but that's what it is in this world. So he's going to be, he's going to be wherever he goes, he's going to have to put his money where his mouth is. Yep, I mean, yeah. So one of my guys on Twitter, he kind of put this up perfectly. Um, said Ben Simmons is a primary ball handler, allegedly, who has never even averaged 17 points per game and has made five threes over 275 career regular season games. He's only averaged like 15 points. Blaming team construction for his issues is a cop-out. Team construction? Yeah. Because in, like on on well, it's not... I, it, I can't say that's a cop. He's not out. a point guard. I mean, he is, but he isn't. He's not. He's not a point guard. You can't okay. be a point guard playing the way he does. He's a okay. He's like a. He's a. He's a. He's a large. He's a jumbo creator, but he shouldn't be tasked as being your point guard because you need other people to do the creation. Like when Jimmy Butler was there and Brett mm-hmm. Brown was there, they tried to tell him that he's not a point guard and he just didn't like that. So that's why Jimmy was gone. And then Brett Brown was gone too. So, you know, I mean, so people have tried to tell him that he's not this and what would be better for his career. But are you entailing that he should go the Giannis route in terms of gameplay? I'm not going to say that because he doesn't have the mentality for that. Because I've seen people on Twitter say that, oh, just give Ben Simmons a team with him and a bunch of shooters like the Bucks, and he'll do just like Giannis. And it's like, I wouldn't no, say he he'll won't. do just like Giannis. I I believe it'll be a better outcome because you got to for him or for the team. Uh for him, the team for him, yeah. But like for the team, it it might not be the best thing. Yeah, because you have to see how everything meshes. But um, like you got to understand though, like most. I don't want he's not Ben Simmons to me is not a superstar. He's a star. So most stars coming into the league have had the benefit of the team sitting. I I wouldn't say sitting down with them, but the team is centering or starting to form their core around that star. When you look Mm -hmm. around it, all the young people like Devin Booker took forever to get to this spot. But like, damn it, that team is built around him. CP is there because. They needed a primary ball handler that can get buckets and spread the floor. But that was also knowledgeable. It was almost perfect fit. So, like, and then when you look at Donovan Mitchell, like, that team is his, built around him. Like, when Ben Simmons came into the league, that's why I said it. It's him and Joel. And they picked Joel because he's the better player overall and future-wise when everything, if everything goes the way it's supposed to. Mm -hmm. Ben Simmons has, has never had an organization come to him and say, okay, cool. We have total faith in you, and this is yours. Here's the keys. In Philadelphia, he had half the keys. The copy was for Joel's. Like, So I don't think we can say that's a cop-out because that's a real thing. 
Well, I feel like I feel like to that, like if you're Ben Simmons, you just gotta adjust your game. Like that's that's the territory that the NBA comes with. Like not every team is gonna not every player is gonna get the team handed to them. So, you know, whoever else is surrounding that star player, they have to they have to fall in line and adjust accordingly. But Ben Simmons just hasn't and doesn't or I don't know what it is, but it just hasn't worked out where he doesn't adjust his game to to fit the best needs of the team. And it's like everyone wants the team to fit around him rather than him fitting into the team. What? So, oh, yeah. So, like, to put it plainly, I do agree with what you're saying. I just feel like that it's a, it's, it's a little bit of a combination of both where he needs to he needs to hit that mental switch while also him needing to be in a better situation for him because it's twofold. We always talk about players not getting the right uh, uh, support from their organization. We've done it over the years. So the same way where we say a player needs to get better at a jump shot, he needs to be better at this, he needs to be a better passer, stuff like that, it's also on the squad to make sure that the team is properly constructed where weaknesses aren't projected you get what i'm saying like joel's weakness was he had two he was he was too three-point happy slightly because ben was there and slightly yeah he slightly because he just felt his jump shot was that good now you put a tobias there who's also going to play at the three you put uh you put a you put a Seth uh, Curry, Danny Green, Seth Curry, Danny Green, the guys that are going to fill up the perimeter. They've spaced now. out the floor for him, so I mean, like, yeah, they space out the floor, but at the same time, Joel is in the middle of the floor, who's also taking up space. Like it's, it's, it can work, but it's like they they were trying to set it up for two people, and one person skill set wasn't at the point where it could be that way. So that's why it's both. So it's it's just hard for Ben Simmons. It's just hard for me to say it's. Only on Ben Simmons, he gets the majority of it because he is the player and he must develop. But we've looked at players before and told them to develop when, per se, they didn't really need to develop that much. For example, Giannis, people have been saying jump shot. I've been saying jump shot. And he literally told us, you know what? Screw all that. I'm going to just do this. And and one person is going to come along with me, i.e. Chris Middleton and all those other guys. So it's really twofold. Um, but Ben Simmons is never like it's hard to it's hard to drive a narrative the way him and his camp are trying to drive this narrative when the last time everybody saw you, you looked like a shell of yourself. Yeah. So like this just reminds me of Giannis losing to Toronto and losing to the other guys before that. LeBron losing to Dallas or losing to Boston. Uh currently Donovan Mitchell can't get out the first round after getting out the first round two years in a row. Like these are just challenges and his challenges sadly going to put him in a spot in his career where he can possibly not make the playoffs for a few years. Like he went from possible title contender to now based on the, based on the team he gets to uh, barely even playoff contention. So this is all, it's all in his hands, but at the same time it's not because Philly's not going to give him up for for nothing. He is worth something. Yeah, and and that's so that's another thing that 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 that's another issue that 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 I want to bring up is uh basically the trade scenarios, destinations, etc., packages. Um, with um with Philly, it's going to be very hard to move him if they want to be greedy. Basically, uh-huh. the the packages that I've heard that Maury wants is just like blasphemy. It's crazy stuff, and it's like if you want to, like, he's basically trying to trade or sell the idea of Ben Simmons rather than what we saw Ben Simmons actually is. And it's like teams aren't buying that right now. Like teams just see what he is, and they're like, "We are trying to pay you that price." But like, he's like, "No, I'm trying to sell you on the potential of Ben Simmons," and they don't want to hear that. And it's like, "All right, so where's he gonna go now then?" Because it's like. I mean, you gotta it's, trade him. You, you gotta, gotta trade him because he is. It, it's it's the situation you don't want to let spill into training camp, and then you have this lingering throughout the whole first half of the season. Your team is disjointed. I mean, hey, as a as a, as a Easter Conference team fan, I would love to see Philly 
dysfunctional to start the year because I know that my team would have a chance to jump uh-huh. them in the standings or whatever it is. But yeah, just looking from the outside though, like, or if you're a Philly fan, you want this taken care of because you don't want it spilling into training camp. You don't want stories and rumors to plague the first half of your season. When 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 you when you guys start losing, they're gonna start blaming it on team chemistry, such and such. So it's like you want to avoid all that type of stuff. But I don't see this thing getting resolved now because it's like it's like there's there's no way any team is trading for this like right before their training camp starts. So it's like it's something that's gonna happen during the season. But um, in regards to trade packages or teams that I've heard the most, it's either like the Kings. Or Minnesota, it looks like he's going to be going to because those are the teams that have been the most engaged somewhat. I don't see how Minnesota works besides Ben Simmons being friends with D'Lo and 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 Cat. Like I don't see. Well, that see, one. the thing is, it's like most people they're like, all right, so the Timbos they're going to have to trade D'Lo, but it's like they don't want to trade D'Lo. I'm not trading D'Lo for that. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I like I like the fit defensively of um of Ben Simmons next to Cat because I feel like he'll be able to cover up for a lot of Cat's defensive deficiencies uh-huh. and stuff like that. So I kind of I think he fits well there. I just but don't you just have a copycat situation? Not saying what? I'm not saying Carl Anthony Towns is Joel Embiid. He's not. Let's get that out let's get that yeah. out the way. But that's just He's better space in the floor than Joel Embiid is cuz I mean he shoot like 40% and he shoots like True. He's threes. a better shooter, but he can he can also live too much at the three, and then you got a up and coming Anthony Edwards. I don't think you want to mess that up with Ben Simmons. There, it's kind of a weird flex. You get what I'm saying? I don't D-Lo's- know. I, I I like the fit there. I just I, I I don't think it's like a playoff team or anything like that. But I do like the fit there. I think it works better than than um than what they got right now. But so, um, so my question my question is so if mm-hmm. are you disregarding? the chances of him being traded for Damian Lillard? Yes, because it doesn't help Portland at all. And it's just like for Portland to get in, Portland doesn't have the assets that the Sixers, I mean, not the Six. Um, what am, All right, so let me think this through out loud. <laughs> so it's like it's like Dame for Ben just straight up like that. No, but yes at the same time. Because I just I just don't I don't I don't see Portland accepting it. Because then they would just have to blow up the rest of their team. Because I just don't think that you yeah, traded for Ben Simmons to be a playing team still. Like, or are you just going all in after that? Respectfully. Do you really see Dame playing more than 20 games in a Portland jersey? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know because it's so hard to tell with the NBA. It's so unpredictable because you got all these rumors coming out, and then he can end up just playing out the whole season and then just waiting to get traded in the the whole season. season. So it's like you never know. So I feel like there's there's a – I feel like those two teams have talked – and there's something on the table, but there's something that needs to be that needs to be added, probably from the Portland side that Portland will not give up, or a third but, team uh, to like give yeah, assets. Definitely a third team to just uh, buffer out the trade and possibly get something of their own in there. That's like, see, these two players, they like one wants out blatantly, and one just wants change. But if with no change means I want out, um. Because for both of them, when you put them, like, looking for trades for both of them is kind of hard. Easier for Damian Lillard because he's big time. But you got to, for Ben Simmons to go to a quote-unquote ideal situation, he would have to find some place that's willing to give up something. Like, they they don't want this guy because they're going to want at least a star-level player for Ben Simmons, which is deserving, um, or star-level talent. So I believe the Dame for Ben, possibly with a three-team trade in there, is 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 actually real. Just because the more and more Dame gets unhappy, uh, is the better and better 
Daryl Morey will be able to get this trade off. But well, I think I think the package that Daryl Morey would want for Ben would require Dame plus extra stuff that Portland may not have. So it's like, I mean, they gotta go. Like like Ben gotta go. So at this he point, does, but I don't think it's gonna happen. Can't bring him into the season. Like let like let it's it's like, not gonna happen though. In terms of in terms of just hypotheticals, how like because the season starts late this month, early no, I lied, in middle of October if I'm correct, right? Yeah, around so, like October nineteenth. Yeah, so you got about a month left to to trade this man. He already yeah. said he's not coming to training camp. All that other good stuff. Once there's the option, if there's not, if there's limited options on the table and the best option is the best option, you, they're going to have to pull the trigger. And if, and if that option is Portland, then we'll be here again talking about it. But <laughs> Ben Simmons, is it's weird because none of these two superstars can ideally just say, throw me here. Because... Well, I think, I think, I think Dame has way more leverage than, um, than a Ben Simmons does just because he's been crazy loyal to Portland and like he's been there forever. They kind of just owe him that, especially if he goes about it the right way. Okay. But like with Ben Simmons, the way he's going about it and just like the way the whole situation has transpired over the the, the year with that situation is just Ben doesn't have that type of leverage. He doesn't have that type of pull. Maybe with Rich Paul, he'll have like a little bit more pull, but he just doesn't have that right now. And, and Philly is going to do what's best for them in, in terms of just, like, trying to get the best package. I don't think Portland has the best package. I mean, they'll probably get the best player. I mean, Port- Portland has the best player that they can offer. But I just don't see it happening. I, I see I see, I see, see more of, like, a Minnesota or a, a Sacramento move just because those teams have been more persistent. But, you know, in the NBA, it's always, like, that team that comes out of nowhere. So it could end up being a team that we're not even talking about that ends up Pulling this, pulling this, um, pulling the trigger on this move, and we'll all be shocked by it. So, facts. It's gonna be. It it's just sad though, because I had so much hope for the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. Just as a, in general, this is like the third year in a row they've let me down in terms of playoff result. Uh, but this is what happens. Uh, this is the uh. This is the NBA. If you don't get the job done in three to four years in the prime of your career or close to it, uh, you're liable for change via organization or trade request. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's kind of getting annoying talking about Ben Simmons because it's like, bro, we've seen the potential and literally all you need is a mid range. Like we said this about Giannis, but we knew Giannis can still dominate without the jump shot. Um, it's just like, damn, bro. Like what, like what we asked for, is it too much? Cause you, you can do this in pickup games, but you can't do this in, in front of the lights. It's just, it's just, it's, it's sad. It, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's gotta be either. It's gotta be a mental thing at this point. But I mean, like you said, I'm tired of talking about Ben Simmons. I just want this trade to be over so I can be finally be done talking about it. I posted this on Twitter when the, the trade rumor first came out that Ben Simmons is not talking to the Sixers. On Twitter, I said this is probably gonna be the most boring trade soccer just just because I've been waiting for it to end for so long that I'm just like I'm just not excited by this. I just want it to be done because I'm tired of talking about Ben Simmons. I'm tired of talking about him. What he needs to do for the Sixers to be better, and it never happening. And it's just like it's time for him to go at this point. It Giannis winning the chip doesn't make Ben Simmons. It made Ben Simmons look worse. For the simple fact that, like, I had a throwback video. Like, I was thinking about this a couple of days ago. I had a video on my podcast, probably uh, 2019 summer. It's still up on YouTube. And it was like Ben Simmons or Giannis. Like, who would you pick for your future? And like half, like, I think one, it was three of us. One person had, uh, one person had Giannis. The other guy had Ben Simmons. But it's like, when you look at it now, two years down the line, you see the maturation of Giannis after playoff losses and after playoff losses, you see Ben just like, okay, whatever. Like you can see it. It's a different mental makeup. It's a different attitude. It's a different way about going to 
going going at the game of basketball. Giannis to a point where he it was like we we had to tell Giannis stop shooting. Yeah. Like we like the people Go back to basics, Giannis. The people, the experts, NBA fans had to tell Giannis to stop shooting because he was shooting too much. Yeah, you can knock down one or two threes. Yes, your mid range is getting better, but it was to a point where he's like, all right, all right, chill. Like just hold out a little bit. Go back to your bully ball ways. At this point, we've looked at Ben Simmons like, all right, can you just do something? Yeah, can you, can you not be scared to drive to the cup? Because, like, it got to a point in the playoffs where, like, he was getting scared to drive to the cup because he was going to the free throw line and he was breaking the free throws. But then when you look in contrast to Giannis, like you said, Giannis was getting to the free throw line, airballing free throws, and still driving to the cup so he could get more free throws. Like, it just didn't phase him. But, like, stuff like that, it phased Ben Simmons. And you just can't have that phasing you as an NBA player. Like, you just can't have that. Facts. It's it's <sighs> guys like this. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I ain't a I ain't a bowler like everybody else. But guys like this make you just wonder, like, like what it, what's not clicking for you? Like, are you already satisfied? Do you not want greatness? Do you not want to be able to say, I did this, no regrets? Like, even Kobe Bryant had a had a like before he passed away. There was an interview. I think he was on Jimmy Fallon on one of those late night talk shows. And they asked him, I forgot what the question was, but he was like, if Ben Simmons, if he if he goes through the the goes through his career playing like this, dude does, does does whatever he does, whatever accomplishment he gets, like you can't walk away from an NBA career with regrets like that. Like big enough regrets like that. And not having a jump shot which would open up his game in such a crazy way is is shocking the fact that he hasn't improved it like i'm telling i don't want to bring it up again but these workout videos bro is like it's it's bad at this point like it's getting worse than hoodie mellow like you're putting out like we're seeing we're seeing you doing things in in pickup games that you're not even attempting in live action like there's one thing to not a, there's one thing to be bad at it, but you're being you're bad at it and not attempting it anymore. And it's you. The, I don't blame the 76ers. I don't blame Doc Rivers. I don't blame Joel Embiid for talking like that and moving how they move because, bro, you all you all the all you had to do was get better as a player. Everyone else got better. The team technically got better with in terms of acquisitions. You could one can say this is probably one of their better teams since having both of them at a high clip. Besides yeah. the Jimmy Butler team, I believe Jimmy Butler was really a good addition that should have stayed, but because of who who the organization values the most, he had to leave. So it is what it is. But last year, they was probably one of their top two teams they've had in a while, mm-hmm. and and all it needed was chemistry and better output from their quote unquote point guard, and they couldn't get it. So that's why his trade stock is down. I don't understand why he's doing this but of course everyone needs a restart and not every restart is a good one so we'll see how good it's going to be and what team will actually take that chance on him because now is is at this point where when you take ben simmons are you really banking on the fact that he'll get better or are you just doing it just to do it yeah and, and i i fear one of these teams are just going to pull the trigger just to see what will happen and if it doesn't happen, then, you know, he'll be shipped off or they won't re-sign him whenever his contract is up. No. Nope. Um, you said you had um, a topic you wanted to bring to the. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's nothing crazy. Uh, I did want to talk about. I did want I, I don't think I heard one of your podcasts in reference to uh, the Lakers move. So I just want to bring it. To, I just wanted to bring that to the table. And. Oh. um. And of course the the uh, the Knicks. I want to hear your thing about the Knicks. So first, I'll ask a question on the Lakers first, and then we'll we can end off with the Knicks. Um, first and foremost, Lakers. What does Carmelo Anthony? Carmelo Anthony. I want to focus more on Russell Westbrook. How much is this a is this a is this an addition or is this a negative for the team, and why? I mean. I kind of I kind of said on I think it was the last episode I recorded. Um but yeah, um 
I don't know. Russ, it's like he's the type of person he doesn't like to play second fiddle to anybody. He likes to have the ball in his hands. When you're playing on LeBron James' team, you more you more than likely have to be a floor spacer rather than a ball handler. Um, if you're not able to space the floor that well, it's not going to really bode that well for you or that team, per se. Um, Russ is most effective with the ball in his hands and his usage being really high. One of the reasons that he wanted out of Houston that year, after that year, among many other reasons, but one of the many reasons was um, he felt like he wasn't able to be a floor general on that team because, you know, James Harden was basically the de facto point guard. He was doing a lot of facilitating and stuff like that. Russell Westbrook was doing more like rolling to the rim, kind of playing like a, a, a center type of role for them. When, it wasn't especially bad, when they, though. It, it worked. Until it worked to an extent. COVID and all of that stuff. But like, that's not what he wanted to do. And we okay. all know how, how Russ is. Russ wants to play with the ball in his hands. He wants to be in control of everything. On LeBron James' team, that ain't just that's just not going to fly. So to me, I don't feel like Russ will be utilized to his utmost strength. And I just feel like just like stepping away from Russ and just looking at the team in general, it's a very old team. So like you got to put, th- put that into consideration when it comes to like injuries down the stretch, playoff well, runs. And also with Russ, I just – his playoff resume, I mean, yeah, you could say the teams that you on wasn't really all that well, but, like, you could also look at his individual numbers as well and make your own judgments from there. But I'm not particularly high on Russ as an NBA player in general. Anyways, I'm always lower on Russ than the general public. So, well, but that's my take on it. In terms of – I'll give you mine because I don't think I've actually made a, a public take on it, even though I did record a few days ago. Uh, I, I don't think we talked about Russell Westbrook. But – um. In terms of Westbrook and coexisting with LeBron James, I don't think I don't think Russell Westbrook agrees to come to this team to, without that in mind. Um, mm-hmm. But I was once I saw the trade happen because remember it was supposed to be Buddy Heald, and but they clearly just said, "Oh, we could get Russell Westbrook. Copy, we'll take him." Um, but in my opinion, I feel like. I was very 50-50. Like, I, when I saw the notification, I was like, why? And then I thought about it for another 30 seconds. I was like, but it could be like this. And I'm just like, mm. like it's really 50-50 for me only because, like you said, playing styles, what Russ likes to do, what he's not good at, what LeBron likes to do, what, he's, what he doesn't do off the ball consistently. Um, but I look at it as... What happened with the Lakers last season in the, in the playoffs in terms of lack of energy, uh, health, um, at least from the star players' point of view, um, but more so lack of energy when they still could have won a series injured or not. Um, I think Russell Westbrook stops that from happening just because if Russell Westbrook is himself, he doesn't let up in any form or fashion of the game. So there's no, there's no letting the Suns take your heart out without a fight type of thing going on. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's, that's what Westbrook helps in in terms of playing on the floor. Um, the point guard duties will have to be shared just because LeBron James is, is a de facto point guard just out of play style and Russell Westbrook, he runs the point. So, there's going to be a mixture of both for them. One person is going to be off ball. One person isn't type of thing. Um, but that's just going to be down to chemistry because gameplay wise, we already know both of them are not good knockdown shooters. And Russell Westbrook has deteriorated in that part of his game in the last three to four years. Uh, but I do like the, uh, the ability to create. Um, the league is three point heavy. This team isn't. But their ability to create baskets may be their uh, best addition and uh, mindset. Certain teams are just, I look at it as a mindset thing, but that's going to be more proven down the season. Uh, We could end off with the Knicks. Of course, you guys get Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier. Uh, 
did y'all lose anybody particular? I don't think you did. We nothing. didn't lose anybody that's like gonna hurt yeah, us. Or nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we lost Alfred Payton, which yeah, I saw that. You lost. God, you lost we did. You lost and Reggie Bullock, um, but, and Reggie Bullock, but shooter, though. So and Fournier is better than him. So and you you had a couple of nice draft picks. I watched your couple of summer league, but um, what are your what are your realistic expectations for the Knicks? Because uh, you guys were fourth last year, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Um, first round exit to Trey Young. But um what is what are your realistic expectations? You have a you have a point guard that needs to be proven, that needs to prove everybody, prove to everybody he's a legit star point guard in this league. You have Evan Fournier who's coming off of a team that he should have produced on, but COVID is COVID, so he gets a restart there. And then you have your 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 young core of RJ Barrett and then you have the veteran and Julius Randle. Like where do you see your team going? 2021 into 2022 if you have not made it official i need to hear it right now i made it official but like um yeah i see this team i see this team improving i mean obviously you improve from alfred payton to kemba walker yeah kemba walker has been injured or whatever i feel like he's had enough to wait more than enough time to really like rest his body recuperate get himself in really good shape because I feel like last season he was trying to rush himself back from the injury and then give himself time to really um, to really recover and rehab properly. Um, Evan Fournier came off a, a really excellent Olympics um, where he was playing really well, top scorer for France. So, you know, he can provide that scoring punch, and he's definitely better than Reggie Bullock offensively. Defensively, we're going to be missed just slightly a little bit. But I, I see this team improving. You know, there's steps to be made within internally within the team. Guys make guys getting better, like RJ getting better in his third year. Mitch Robinson quickly, Ob, Julius Randle, of course, improving again. Like there's just so many ways for the team to get better, and you know, the, the team they kept the team flexible. So you know, I I feel like this team could make like a second round appearance or so if everything like, really goes well with like health and whatnot. Yeah, I believe in the second round. Uh, I think they stay at number four though. In terms of standings, standings, yeah, I'm not so sure on standings because, like last year, a lot of injuries happened and stuff like that. But you know, injuries happen every year, so you really can't really dis 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 um dispute that. Um, but um, I don't know. Maybe we could be four. I I, I still think we're like a playoff team. I don't think we drop down to like play play in level, like around oh, seven nah. or eight. It, yeah, if you but do, like top six, I definitely think that we can stay in that range. Facts. Uh. I'm just looking at how is uh Kemba Walker gonna coexist with Julius and you know the amount of shots that everybody will get because uh, I don't think that's gonna be an issue. I think it's just because I think I think having Kemba out there is like a way better option than Alfred Payton just because he's able to space the floor and you're able to do more things with Kemba that you couldn't do with Alfred Payton. Like you could do more pick and rolls with. Julius rolling to the rim. He didn't. Julius didn't get to do a lot of pick and rolls last year. True. So you know, you, Julius gets to diversify his game a little bit more next year with the addition of Kemba and Fournier. So all I say is consistency. Uh, R.J. Barrett is going to have to give give you guys an average of twenty points per game. I really? Believe. I don't think I don't think he does. Um, I think mm. I think I think guys like Kemba and Fournier they'll 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 if they they'll, keep up they'll, their they'll scoring. Pick that up. Okay. He'll pick up this scoring and RJ RJ his numbers might dip a little bit, but I think his efficiency will uh, jump okay. up. Okay. All right. I'll I'll take efficiency over over point jump. I'll take yeah. that. I'll definitely take that. So I think he'll get like guy. easier looks and stuff like that. But you know, I would love to be wrong and for him to average twenty. I mean, for him to average twenty, that would be amazing. Yeah. Silence cause... a lot of the haters, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> I, I I I don't mind. As long as the team success is is up there like last year, then that's all that matters for me. Everything else is just gravy on top. Facts, facts. No no dispute there. All right, so you want to let the people know where they can find you at? Well, uh, if you like street street basketball content, some of basketball right now, I'm still doing the Sway Report Live content on YouTube and Instagram, showcasing different parts of NYC basketball and my uh, post-game interviews and, you know, 
and analysis. Uh, I'm trying to get back to it. And uh, that's where y'all can find me. Podcast work is coming back. I just recorded. So, so you're going live on YouTube and Instagram. I'll at your boy. If you like basketball content, if you like more than just basketball, football, we getting back into that football season around the corner. I'll at me. Play reporting live Instagram and YouTube. Alright, you heard the man. And um, um I'll leave it links in the description. Um, for me, I'll just plug the Strickland as always. Great Nick site, putting out great content. I'll have something coming out there within before the month is over. So say less. Check that out. Links will be in the description and we are out of here.